Hey everyone, we are continuing the month of July talking about kind of toxins and like how we can reduce toxins in our life. Um, and I'm super excited about this episode. Uh, but before we get started, Dr. Jess, what is in your glass? I have my trusty water bottle. It's still pretty full. So I'm working on getting that to be less water in the bottle, more in me. Uh, that's called hydration. <laughs> so Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? I am also working on my water. So just getting H2O in. Um, yeah. And so today we have with us, we have Kelsey. And Kelsey, before you introduce yourself, can you tell us what's in your glass? Yeah, I am the person that always has two glasses. So I carry this massive um, 32 ounce of water around all the time. And usually I do water with a little bit of lemon and some sea salt. Um, and then today I also have um, a hot tea. I feel like lately I've been trying to recreate my Starbucks orders at home. So this is a matcha latte. Oh, nice. It sounds good. I love that. So Kelsey, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I'm Kelsey. I am um, a wife. I'm married to uh, a man that I met in college. His name is Josh. Um, I have three kids with him um, and our, our children are Delaney. She's four. Uh, Bo is two. And we have a um, 10 week old uh, named Jordan and he is sleeping quietly right now. So hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we have a rescue dog named Reese. Um, she is a part of the family, obviously. And um, moving on, um, I am a recovering perfectionist. Um, I've always given my work 100%, 150%. And um, last summer, I kind of realized that um, through the pandemic, through having children um, and all of the other things that have been happening in our lives, um, the lifestyle we were living just was no longer serving us. So um, I took a step back. I disconnected a little bit um, and wanted to really figure out what it was that I wanted to do um, and what it was that I, um, how I wanted our priorities and our family goals to really fall into place um, as we continue to grow, right, uh, with the birth of our newest baby. Um, so I quit my job and, uh, really focused on some family time, um, and figuring out again, exactly where I wanted to head next. So, um, I stumbled into, um, a women's wellness center that is located in Dayton, Ohio, uh, called the well. And I had some friends who connected me with some people who work there. And, um, the well is a, women's center that has 11 practitioners all under one roof, all serving women and families. So they've got midwives and lactation consultants and pelvic floor therapists and massage therapists. And um, the goal is to really um, make sure that the clients um, have a collaborative care plan, right? So I could walk in um, pregnant and meet with everybody that I would need that would cover me for the next, um, you know, 12 months. Um, and with that, they've got really great workshops and they've got um, trainings that they offer. They also have a doula certification program, um, and new a doula agency. So, um, fell in there, felt super supported and felt super seen. Um, and they really helped me make this life transition and feel really good about, um, quitting my job and, um, <laughs> you know, having no idea what was going to come next. So, um, 
So here I am at the well. Um, I go through my certification um, retreat for um, my doula work back in November. Um, and then here we are today. I've attended one birth. I have two scheduled, um, which is exciting. And um, once I hit that third birth, um, I will be officially certified. Um, and then with that, I have a, uh, a history um, and a good education around photography. So um, it's kind of perfect. And I'm not sure I would have ever guessed this, but I'm going to be a birth photographer <laughs> as well. So again, I've done one birth and I have a few more scheduled. And um, so I'm really excited to be able to um, bring my knowledge and passion and continue to learn more and help the women around us. That is awesome. That is I love really that. cool. Yeah. yeah. I love that the path to get there wasn't necessarily super straightforward it kind of, you know, it, through life experience and just being willing to have doors open, you kept walking through the ones that were opening and, and recognizing the closed doors. So I think that's kind of like in general, how we move forward in life to find our purpose and meaning. But at least that's usually mm -hmm. what I do. I try not to hit the closed doors over and over again. <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> I try. I definitely repeat. hit the closed doors many times. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a really big leap of faith. Um, you know, I'm a huge believer that things are going to work out the way they're supposed to, and um, and uh, right place, right time, and it truly happened that way. Um, it was super scary leaving the only career I'd ever known and um, the lifestyle that I'd known um, and just kind of guessing, right? And um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that birth work is going to be something that is my full-time job. And I'm not sure that um, it's going to be something I do forever, but uh, for right now it is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm, I've met some amazing people and I've learned a ton about um, uh, birth and women, but I've also learned a ton about myself. And um, that's been, I think, the best part. Right. That's awesome. So, so uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, what, like, I think being a doula is something that I had not really heard much about until I was pregnant. And I was like, what is this? Uh, so, like, what is a doula? So super simple, I would tell you that a doula is a birth coach. Um, that is like just scratching the surface, but that's what I tell to strangers who are like, what do you do? Um, so I would say a few things that um, come to mind when I think about the work that we do. Um, first, communication I want to call out. So, um, so much of what we do is about listening, which is something that I've always had a really hard time with. So, um, this has been a really, really good practice for me as well. Um, but it's about making sure that we hear your plans. We hear your intentions, your opinions, um, and we don't change what, what you're sharing, right? We can provide, um, education and we can answer questions, but it's about making sure that you're as the mom, as the family, you guys are in control. Um, and then with communication, with like the listening, it's also about making sure that our clients understand, um, understand and can verbalize exactly what, um, they are wanting from their experience to the people that matter, right? So to the hospital, if it's at a hospital, to the doctor or the midwife, um, the, the mom to the dad, right? It's about making sure that um, we understand all of our options and that we can communicate in the best way. Um, so that way the outcome is what we want it to be. Um, with that, I also think 
um, emotional support is a huge part of um, being a doula. So um, especially with my first, I had 1000 questions. I didn't know where to go for them. I didn't have a doula. So, um, you know, I went on Instagram and I found all these people to follow and, um, and I took that as, um, as the right thing to do, right. For our family. And so I think, um, so much about being a doula is being able to respond to a random question, um, and being able to, um, I think the best part is put the, put the answer back on the mom. So I love to say, well, what do you think? Um, because so often the mom or the dad, they actually know the right answer. Um, but we just second guess and we doubt ourselves so often. Um, and that's, a you know, sharing from experience. That's what happened to me as well. Um, and then I also um, want to add under that communication piece, it's about neutral transparency. So being able to answer questions um, in a very uh, black and white manner, but not uh, adding in my opinion, right? So again, the the mom and dad, I don't care how you want to birth your baby. Um, it's about making sure that it's the way that you um, want it to be and you're getting out of it, um, the things that you plan to as well. Um. And then lastly, the birth work. So um, this is like, I feel like the easy stuff, right? So um, this would be like showing up at the birth and coaching the dad to make sure he understands how to give great acupressure. Um, this would be making sure we pause when um, things are happening very quickly. Um, so mom and dad know how to ask the right questions and stay in the loop um, as much as they can. Um, and then this would also be showing up four days postpartum with your favorite latte and um holding your baby while you run and shower right so um the birth work that's the easy stuff for me um as i can say that i've had three births and um again i've learned all of these things over the last six or eight months um so it's the rest of the stuff the um showing up um at you know at the nine o'clock text when um mom's a little bit nervous that those are the moments that are a little bit tricky so hopefully that clarified a little bit for you. <laughs> it's a lot more than just being a birth coach. Um, but in a simple sense, um, those are the two words that I give when people ask. I think that's, I know I just took my first, um, so this is my first child and I just took, I had taken a, um, there's three different classes they recommend. And one was like birth care. One was baby care, like when the baby comes and how to install the car seat and like things that aren't intuitive, but you feel like they should be intuitive. Um, and then breastfeeding and I like, it's in a group and like, it's, it's relatively small, but still, um, sometimes scary to ask like certain questions, you know, like, and so it's nice to have like the doula that would be like that one-on-one -on -one where you can like, kind of like get some information or be led in the right direction to kind of get those an questions answered. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my, um, I had a doula with my third baby and, um, you know, a great example. She helped me write my birth plan. And I was like, girl, this is my third birth. I know what my birth plan looks like. And she said, well, what happens if this happens? And I was like, oh, <laughs> great question. <laughs> and so she was just able to help prompt some things to make sure we were prepared and head into it feeling um, as confident with our intentions as possible. Um, and yeah, those silly questions that I think I had, um, you know, as I'm laying in bed and I open my eyes real wide and think, oh my gosh, what about this? <laughs> She's a super easy text away and that just provides a lot of really good, um, peace for a mom mm -hmm. and a dad. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, 
going through first, like there's, it's scary. Like, I mean, I learned about babies being born in school through PT school, you learn about it. Like, but it's different when it's actually going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And when it's going to happen to you, you're going to be like, what's going to happen where? Like, what's that going to be like? Like, ah, are you sure? Like, are you sure that baby's going to fit coming out of there? You know, like those things that like you never actually experienced until like they showed us like a circle and it was like dilation one centimeter, 10 centimeters. And you're going to be like, that's going to get what? You know, it's like, oh my goodness. So it's, it's so different. It's so, I, to me, like it's, yes, it's exciting, but it's like, honestly, it's, the actual process is very scary um, because it's your body and it's something you've never been through before. And so to have that, um, I know I go to Jess all the time, you know, <laughs> and to, so to have that person, it would be actually really nice. <clears throat> yeah. Um, my, okay. So I got pregnant several years ago with my first daughter and, um, it was right after my best friend had a very scary birth. Um, her and baby are beautifully okay. Um, but it was very scary. And, um, so that obviously set me up for some very terrifying nights, right? So I took all the classes, I read all the books, I gave my husband all the dirty looks because he wasn't reading as fast as I was and um, ended up um, going into a birth and it was totally not like what I had expected, not what I had planned. Um, and when I was done, it was like the most empowering, humbling, um, like the strongest I'd ever felt. And it was, uh, it was amazing. And it was right afterwards. I was like, I want to do that again. Um, (laughs) obviously there's a lot of pain, but I think, um, so much of that, um, has been, um, like embedded in our culture. Right. So I really expected birth to be like what happens on TV and it's nothing. I envision the scene from knocked up, right. Where, um, she's like screaming and she's yelling and cussing. And I, um, assumed that that was what it was going to be like. And I was a silent deliverer and I didn't scream and I didn't make any noise. And, um, and it just shows you that there's so much that is, um, changed in the media and, um, yes, it, it is scary. And even my third time I was still scared towards the end, but, uh, once you get in it, um, with the right mindset, you can, you can do anything and it's pretty cool. Yeah, I would definitely say my experience was very similar with there was no screaming, yelling, being, you know, just kind of outwardly like angry, I guess, Uh, because that's you see that a lot in the movies and it really doesn't need to be that you really can kind of go deep into you and your internal strength. And I would definitely say that same thing of like, when you're done and and you've delivered the baby, it is like, I'm a freaking rock star. Like, not only (laughs) did I like grow a human being inside of me, right? But now I was successfully able to get this human being out of me and and now we got to keep it alive. Ah, but like, you know, but like it almost that, <laughs> like I've never done that before either. That was, you know, the first, every, it's, uh, everything's your first when it's your first. <laughs> You're like, well, it's so little. Uh, um, but like you realize I can do this. I was able to do, grow the baby. I was able to deliver the baby. And now that the baby's there, you're like, I can do this. If I could do that, I can do this. 
So I think that the process is really cool of what, what women go through. And then whoever their support is, you know, whether it's a partner, uh, a husband, you know, whomever, whomever that might be, keeping them involved, I think is as like really, really helpful so that there's a strong connection. Cause I think that starts the parenting, like through the pregnancy, through the delivery, right as baby is born, that that all of that communication and all of that back and forth support is huge for how you're going to parent together. Um, and so I think doulas, from my experience, are just really good at appreciating that, that it's not just about mom, but it's how can we include who, whoever the partner is, how can we include that partner out of the gate to be part of everything? And I think that's also something that isn't always a true value sometimes in Western medicine. It's like, is mom healthy? Does baby's heartbeat sound good? Does the size of the baby look good? It's all very, you know, objective information. Uh, but I think the doula kind of takes it to another another level when we're looking at more of like that long-term plan. And you might say something different, but I that's kind of how I felt with Western medicine, MD versus doula and how, you know, what's the support look like in different ways. I would definitely agree. I, I mean, I can speak from my own experience. I was a little bit worried, um, that my doula would, um, make my husband feel uninvolved. And that was exactly the opposite of what happened. So, um, I mean, and I, this is funny, but she, my doula didn't make it to my third birth because I have super fast babies. And so, uh, or I had this super fast baby. So, um, when she did show up, she was there and, um, she was a fly on the wall. And then when my husband needed anything or when it was time for me to get up and, um, go to the bathroom for the first time, suddenly she was there and it wasn't a stranger that was helping me do those things. It was somebody that I had grown to know and trust. And, um, so it felt very, safe, um, and comfortable as opposed to, you know, the, the nurse that who's wonderful, but who shows up and I don't know her name and I'll never see her again. Um, so, uh, there is something about that doula, um, stepping in, but also like being a fly on the wall. Um, and that's part of it too, as a doula is knowing that balance and being comfortable taking the backseat because the show isn't about us. Right. At what point do you like, so someone that's pregnant at what Point during the pregnancy like do they decide if they would like to have a doula or not you know like is there a certain time period where if you are interested you should be looking well I would say um there's two answers for that so some people um decide that they would like a doula um at the last minute right and they get somebody then to just quickly go in and um be present with them and advocate for them if necessary and help them um understand um what's happening when sometimes things are moving so quickly right so um that's a really great option another really great option is um having a doula hold your hand through the pregnancy so um I met with my doula, um, I think I was around 20 weeks the first time. Um, and so she was then able to help me uh, make sure I was getting the right nutrition, any things, any complications I was having. Um, I had a lot of back pain. Um, and so she was able to kind of help me with some of those things. Um, and then again, we were able to write my birth plan together um, at the next get together. Um, and all of those things just made us a little bit more comfortable. My husband was able to interact with her throughout that time period too. So 
he went in feeling super comfortable, not like, oh, there's a stranger in our really sacred space. Um, so I think it depends on what you're looking for, right? If you want somebody, mm-hmm. um, if you're feeling uncertain about the process um, now, um, it's great to start looking now. If you're um, if you're feeling good and just want an extra set of hands and eyes and ears, um, then a little bit later is fine too. Yeah, I like that there's not necessarily the right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important that you, even though you've had one birth or multiple births, it still doesn't have to be that you don't have to repeat that experience. Cause I've, I've heard that as well of like, well, you know, like maybe the experience wasn't what they wanted the first time. And yeah, well, it's, it's fine though. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. And you're like, well, but is it like, <laughs> Do we need to accept that we're not necessarily supported or should we say like, maybe this could be better. Maybe the experience could be more about putting me as the mom in control and, and having a a stronger say instead of uh, maybe not having a stronger say. And so I think that's how that doula, like you say, is can come in and, and support somebody, especially when it's scary and it is painful and it's hard sometimes to advocate for yourself when you're in pain. It's hard to Mm -hmm. like have that strong stance of like, I'm okay. (laughs) Like it's normal to be in pain. Like that's actually okay in this scenario. And so I think sometimes people just want to maybe say, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll give you a bunch of meds or we'll do this or we'll do that. We'll get rid of that pain. No big deal. But if that wasn't your intention and your hope going into it, then they're not really listening to what your goals were as, as the mom. And I think that's something that where duos are really good about gently saying, I hear you. However, (laughs) and I like that gentleness, but firmness at the same time. I think that's like what makes a really good, good doula. Uh, they can step back when they need to, they can insert when they need to, and then just kind of help the whole situation play out so that the person that really needs to be focused on them themselves and keeping themselves regulated doesn't also have to defend against other people. Um, that's kind of my kind of big take on, on doulas in the birthing, the actual birth itself. So yeah, for sure. Um, actually, it would be my goal to never have to speak to a doctor or trained nurse. Obviously, like friendly conversation, right? But my goal would be to say, hey, Susie Q, um, let's take a second here. Like, this is what's happening. Is this what you want? Oh, this is what you want? Wonderful. Okay, high five. Let's move forward. Oh my gosh, this is not what you want. I know this was against your birth plan. Um, how would you like to proceed? Um, if I were in your shoes, knowing, hearing what you're saying, um, these are the words that I would um, need to communicate to my team, to my doctors and to my nurses to make sure they understand my wishes. Um, and then you've got a super empowered mom who's like, yeah, this is exactly what I want. I knew that all along and I just need to tell them and they do. And then we move forward in the way they want it, right? So um, that would be best case scenario. Um, it is funny, we have, Uh, the majority of our hospitals, um, that setting, they've been trained to handle a medicated birth. Um, And they've been trained to offer interventions because that's their experience. Um, And so I went in with my daughter um, four years ago and uh, I had a very fast birth with her as well. And um, she was born and there were like 10 or 15, it felt like a thousand people in the room and they 
were clapping and they were cheering. And I was a little bit like, thanks. And my husband was like, they told me they'd never seen a natural birth. So there was an entire floor at the hospital where I delivered who'd never seen somebody come in and um, deliver squatting. They'd never seen that before. And so they were um, all there to watch and they sure got a show. (laughs) um, There is uh, something crazy about that, but also gives some good understanding, right? That um, if you want something a little different than um, the modern delivery, we have to make sure we're prepared. We have to make sure we have the right support team. Um, and we have to make sure we're on the a really same page with our um, with our doctors, with our midwife, whoever that may be. Mm-hmm. And so my understanding is kind of like when it comes to the birthing process, um, you know, natural is, unless there's a medical complication, um, like they're not going to schedule really a C-section for you unless there's like some medically reason why they need to do the C-section before, um, or in the beginning. So most kind of go in looking at like a natural birth versus like an epidural. I also know there's like, you can have pain medicine. So if you don't want epidural, you can have pain medicine up to a certain point. Um, it, from my understanding, those are kind of like the main options. And then obviously C-section, if there's any complications with a natural birth or anything like that. Um, is that correct? Like from like your knowledge and experience as well? Yeah, I would also say um, one thing that it, I didn't even realize this was an option when I was delivering until now, um, you can also decide you want to have your baby at home. You could also go to a birth center if you wanted to have your baby at home. Um, it's a totally different experience. Um, you get to decide where, you get to decide how, um, and a lot of that um is up to you and then your your midwife and doula and support team, whatever that looks like. Um, they're there obviously to make sure um, everything goes smoothly. But um, I mean, best case scenario, those there's no reason I couldn't go into birth here in my dining room and catch my baby, right? A, a lot of times that, that that is not the case. And um, so it's it's really great to make sure we know those options ahead of time. Um, but in the best case scenario, that, that would be an option. Um, so I, I don't know if that answered your question or not. Yeah, no, that's, and I think that's one that we often forget about as well. You know, like most people just think about hospitals. So I think mm-hmm. that's a great point that we forget about you know, or that we, to mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. So with that, like what recommendations? So like, let's say someone is interested, you know, there's people that just want epidural and like, there is nothing wrong. So there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with any of the ways you have a child. It is your decision. So for some of those that maybe want to try to, or at least have a plan to do it without medicine, um, what techniques or what suggestions do you have to kind of help them have the best chance at that being possible? Yeah. So um, I would say um, things, techniques to have a natural birth. First, we can't roll up and just say, I'm going to have a natural birth. I haven't done any work, (laughs) but here I am. Let's make it happen. Um, I think there is some preparation that needs to go into it, um, whether that's education, whether that's exercise, whether that's um, stretching, there is work that needs to go in ahead of time. Um, and I'm a, um, I'm a very uh, type A, I like to have a plan, a lot of structure. And so I um, always had lots of notes and um, that way I could make sure everyone around me was on the same page, right? So um, first, good preparation. Um, 
Next piece I want to mention is just proper comfort measures. So um, for me, this was, okay, I know I want to have a little bit of dim lighting. I had several playlists ready. Um, depending on my mood, I would be ready to go into whichever one uh, fit. Um, acupressure. So I learned through experience that it felt um, really good to have my husband um, press on the small of my back. Um, and so I made sure that he felt really good with his technique. Um, you know, I brought some essential oil. I never ended up getting that out of the bag um, anytime. But um, those are some comfort measures that you can use to um, make sure that you're taking care of um, you and helping to ease the pain during the process. Um, I think the next piece is if you are delivering at a hospital, um, stay at home as long as possible. Your goal is to roll into the hospital and be to the point where you just have a healthy baby, right? Um, a lot of times, if you go in too early, um, uh, we have uh, something that they refer to as failure to progress. And, um, you know, labor takes a very long time and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, but um, we all tend to get antsy um, when things start to take too long. And then sometimes that's how interventions get um, included in the mix. Um, the three things that we talk about um, are eat, drink, and move. So throughout the process, make sure that you're seeing... Um, hydrated, um, make sure that you're having some snacks. This is a, this is a race, right? Um, it is a marathon. So make sure that you're staying, um, filled with some really good nutritious snacks, um, and then move. So, um, between contractions, um, get up, switch positions, um, do some, get on the birth ball real quick, right? Make sure that you're keeping your body, um, uh, moving. And then I think this is the biggest piece that um, was a huge learning for me as well. You've got to just like embrace it. You've got to stay in the zone. Um, my second birth, I ended up stalling and it, uh, it was 13 hours at the hospital and or at the birth center where I delivered. And um, I was in my head. I was like, watching my clock and I was timing my contractions and I was forcing them. I was like getting into positions that would have a little baby contraction and no progress was happening. And the moment I laid down to calm myself and like kind of recenter, um, it started and it was over like that. So I think you just have to get into the right state of mind, embrace it. Um, and I think that's a really huge part that we don't often talk about. Yeah. I think in my birthing class, one of the, like just one of the healthiest exercises that I did to help with the mindset part is that, and, and I, I, this class I did, I just, I absolutely loved it. She was so good. So she would start with like an exercise. We'd come in we, like no preparation. She just kind of throw it at you so that you're not prepared is the whole point. And so one was like, we were holding a frozen water bottle. So she's like, okay, everybody sit down and let's, pick up that frozen water bottle and I'm going to start the timer and we're going to see how long you can hold it. And so we're all just like holding it. Your, your hands are really cold. You're like, ah, I mean, is there, an, is there an end to this? Like, what are we, why are we holding this? You know, obviously everybody just like drops the water bottles pretty quickly. You know, like my hands are cold. I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this anymore. Then we talked a lot about mindfulness, breathing techniques, strategies, counting, and, you know, what, you know, what are different strategies? And so we would choose one strategy and let's say we're going to hold the water bottle for one minute. So count to 60 and see if you can get through that minute without elevating your heart rate and just using that one strategy. That was it. All I did was focus my brain on counting 
and I put the water bottle down. The same exact water bottle I had just held. So it was like, it proved how you can actually train your brain to handle pain. It's not that I didn't feel the pain of holding something frozen. It was just my brain didn't uh, say abort mission, run away. It was like, you can handle this. It's not going to cause harm. So this will not harm you. Therefore, you can deal with this. And that, like doing practices like that, big time. And it's practice, just like any type of meditation, any type of mindfulness. The practice that goes into it then prepares you for when you really need to implement it in a, an actual stressful situation. Um, the same thing like me getting into an MRI machine stresses me out. I count the 60 however many times I need to, and I'm out. If I don't count the 60, I'm like, uh, tap, 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 are we about done here? <laughs> But that like that same strategy works super well for me. So I don't know if you have any other like kind of, you know, some of those mindfulness strategies that people can practice ahead of time and really get better at um, finding some sort of something that would work. I love that. Uh, what a what a fun and like cool uh, class that you took. That's I may have to steal that. It was <laughs> great. I'm telling you, like it was so empowering to me, as the person that's going to be in pain to say, is this actually going to cause harm? If it's not, then we can we can work our way through it. And that's where your brain, again, fight or flight, a pain signal is a pain signal. So the brain is trained to run away from it. It is trained to flight unless you tell the brain this is okay. So you have to override that signal and, and there's so many techniques and strategies to say, okay, now what? Like we don't have to necessarily take medication or receive an epidural necessarily. It's fine if you do. There is nothing at mm -hmm. all wrong with that. However, if you don't, there are strategies that just take practice. And the cool thing is that once I learned some of these, I was able to implement them into other parts of my life, which is really cool too, and empowering. So that was like, I loved this class. There's like, there's so many things that I learned. I was like, you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. One technique that we use um, is we have our our moms and our families, but they pick really important like mantras, right? So um, uh, an affirmation. So I chose or the ones that I told myself was I'm in pain, but I'm not in danger. Uh, and so I would have that vision right in front of my head. A lot of people have them on cards. They make them um, and they have their kids decorate them, right? So whatever it is that you need to remind you, like this will be worth it, right? So I'm in pain, but I'm not in danger. And the other one was, this is really silly and a little embarrassing, but I did um, a 21 day fix workout years ago um, by Beachbody. And she always used to say, you can do anything for a minute. You can do anything for a minute. I mean, and she also said you can do anything for 21 days, but that that does not apply here. So you could do anything for a minute. And I would just tell myself that the time uh, that the contraction would come and I would just push through and um, breathing techniques are super important as well. If you can regulate um, your breath uh, and focus on that kind of to your example, um, it's going to make it much easier as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, having those mantras, like you said, same thing. It takes practice. You can't implement that on the day of the birth for the first time. Your brain won't believe it. 
So like having it on the, uh, like written on the bathroom mirror, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like the more that you, the more that you see it, the more uh, you start to believe it and you realize it to be truth instead of just like, oh, it's some silly thing. Like it, it, you realize that there is truth to it. Um, it was funny. So I had some, some family members of mine, their, their birth story is, uh, it wasn't her, her plan, you know, they accommodated and, and that happens. Right. And you just, you know, you kind of, you pivot as Dr. Bobby is like kind of pivot. All right. Now what we're going to do next. And so her, um, husband was very stressed, you know, with, with the pivot. And so he used the mantra that they had been <laughs> practicing together and it actually helped him stay calm. And that way he could continue to support his wife. And mm -hmm. so hearing them tell the story is, is hysterical because like the pregnant mm -hmm. wife is like, okay, honey, you're going to be fine. <laughs> and he's like, he's saying the mantra, um, but they were, they both worked together beautifully to still do like get through it together. Um, Those are the moments you wish you had a birth photographer so you could capture that and remember that forever. <laughs> yeah. um, but that, I mean, we did the same thing, you know, just having that mantra and, and practicing the 60 seconds was something that mm -hmm. For me, both of those were very empowering and having my husband be part of that. And that way he was always a part of whatever it was I was learning. He was learning alongside me. So that way, when it came time for the birth to happen, we were, it was, it was, we were in sync the whole time. I wasn't like, no, no, that's, we practiced this once. Remember now, you know, he like with the pressure points and everything, he was right on it. Like I didn't have to explain things to him because we were practicing along the way. And I think that's also how you grow together to make sure that you're learning how to support each other. And he needed support too, though, right? So it's not just about, about me getting support. What is going to help him stay calm? It's hard to see somebody in pain. That's difficult. How do you keep yourself calm when somebody you love is physically hurting? So kind of the education helped to support him as well and so I think that was something that we don't always think about but in our classes the the instructor she was teaching to the dads and partners of like you're about to go through something difficult just so you know and they're like <laughs> I mean I mean no I'm 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 strong we're good uh-uh uh-uh <laughs> this is gonna be tough on you and here's some strategies. <laughs> so I, I think, think that's it's something important. It is super important. And I also think it's really great to make sure that we're having those conversations ahead of time because I, um, I've seen dads and um, moms roll in. Dad has no idea what he should be doing. Um, so he sits awkwardly or he touches in an awkward way. And um, there are moments where um, we just have to be very clear as moms, right? So um, where the mom may need to say, "That's you're not doing that right. I need you to do this differently or back up whatever that may look like. Um, and if they, if the mom and dad haven't had those conversations yet, that gets, um, that gets really tough. So I think that's a really, really great point. Yeah. And you want dad to feel empowered, like he can successfully and in a helpful, constructive way, be part of it. And so encouraging whoever that is to learn along the way, well, then it's like, they'll jump into action. That's their first time sometimes doing this as well 
just like it might be your first time pushing the baby out. This is their first time supporting you pushing a baby out. So everybody's doing it for the first time. Nobody mm-hmm. really knows. <laughs> so having some grace with each other, I think is is helpful and leads to a more successful experience if you're looking for a natural delivery without um, significant medical intervention, meaning medications. Um, so yeah, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, so as far as like our, our, you know, our last big question, um, if somebody was to want to look for a doula in their area, do you have any, like, just, are there websites that they can look for? Are there like, just like general recommendations of how to find support? Yeah, I would say first, um, the internet is wonderful. Um, you should be able to type in doula Cincinnati, for example, and find exactly what you're looking for. Um, lots of options. There are so many different styles and personalities of doulas as well. So it is super important to make sure you know what you need as a family. Um, so you can get that out of the doula that you talk with, right? So you may end up talking to three or four until you find the right one. Um, so the internet, again, doula Cincinnati, wherever you are. Um, but also you can go into our, um, onto our certification, um, websites and they'll direct you to, um, those that are within their certification. So if you were to go to, um, the donor website, that is, um, that would show you a massive list, um, as well. Also think that you should be able to ask your provider, um, hey, do you have any doula recommendations? Um, And they should be able to um, spit off a few that they've worked with as well. Awesome. I I love that. And I think the, what you had mentioned about uh, interviewing maybe more than one is Mm -hmm. pretty key because there is a, there's a personality thing to who you're working with and uh, you know, just technique strategy, what their training might be. You may just resonate better with one versus somebody else. And so it's, totally good to, I think, do interviews. So, yeah. And I would say that's not something that most doulas should take to heart, right? Like we want you to have the right support team. And if um, that's not us for you, then that's okay. We'd love, we'd love you to find that person that you connect with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's empowering for real, (laughs) not making about you, but empowering the other person. Another good Mm -hmm. way to see if you resonate with somebody. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think the challenge this week, obviously, if you're not pregnant, <laughs> you don't need to look into doulas. I do think that it's something, the mindfulness part of it, though, I think is pretty cool for the challenge this week is to think about how can you calm yourself to get through something that's difficult, but it's a short period of time. So like the 60 seconds, whether it's a contraction or it's a stressful event or, um, you know, like something else that isn't going to cause you harm, but a way to get through that. Um, and maybe just try and like, you know, think about counting to 60 and and what that would look like for you to get you through from A to B and kind of get you to cross that difficult path. So Anyway, that's the challenge. And again, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And it's definitely a, a topic that not I didn't know that much about before I was pregnant. So hopefully other people can learn and share this episode with somebody if you think it would be helpful to them. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you would like to learn more about how Two Gals can support you, then join our Two Gals Insiders membership, which can be found at www.2-gals.com. Also, don't forget, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook as well as Instagram. Okay, everybody.
Bye. Enjoy your week.